This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. You've seen it before? No. I mean, online, yes, but not in person. Welcome to The Way I See It. I'm Alistair Souk, your guide to this 30-part series where in each episode we invite a different creative mind to choose an artwork from the collection of the Museum of Modern Art in New York. All we ask is that the piece must inspire or enthrall our guest, challenge them, provoke them. And it's fair to say that today's choice, selected by the writer Roxane Gay, the author of Bad Feminist, her best-selling collection of essays, does all of the above. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And it's so much bigger than I thought. So big, in fact, almost 12 feet high and more than 16 feet across, that for this episode we thought we'd approach things slightly differently. Because although Roxanne and I encountered this colossal work of art separately... She, in the massive basement of MoMA's off-site stores, where the work had to be specially unpacked. Me, a few weeks later, shortly before MoMA's grand reopening, in one of the new galleries where people were still scurrying about, trying to get everything ready. Someone's just taking up some tape on the floor there. That's OK. Both of us were seeing it in reality for the first time. And given that its impact is so, well, so astonishing, even overwhelming... We wanted to try to capture some of the immediacy of our reactions. Ready? Yes. I forgot the title. <laughs> Christ Entering to Journalism. By Kara Walker. But before we dive in, it might be helpful if I offer just a little bit of background. Recently she made a splash in London when she unveiled at Tate Modern a fantastical 42-foot-high fully functioning fountain parodying the Victoria Memorial outside Buckingham Palace. She's tackled monumental sculpture before. In 2014, she installed a gigantic sugar-coated sphinx-like woman, glowing white, inside an empty sugar factory in Brooklyn. But she made her name in the 90s, working in a much quainter and smaller medium. Black, cut paper, silhouettes and puppets, which were tremendously popular during the 19th century. Walker, who's of African-American descent herself, she grew up in the South, in Atlanta, Georgia, and now lives in New York, combines these silhouettes into brilliant tableau, evoking the bloody period of the American Civil War and dramatising the violent, complex history of slavery and the origins of African-American identity. Her work is delicately, ingeniously fashioned, yet often simultaneously sexually explicit and incongruously, given the depressing weighty subject matter, buoyant, even playful in tone and effect. It's complex and accessible. And that's certainly true of Christ's entry into journalism, which Walker executed in 2017, though here she uses not black silhouettes, but a whole mass of drawn figures, each painstakingly rendered on ivory-coloured paper, using various shades of Japanese ink as well as pencil, and then carefully cut out and attached to an immense sheet of paper which has been painted white. At least, that's how I'd describe it, focusing purely on the work's materials. 
But maybe Roxanne, in the company here of curator Jasmine Raymond, sees it completely differently. How would I describe it? I would describe it as a series of images of people. I think there are about 70 figures. There is an image of a lynching. There's an image of a Confederate soldier. We see images of black people throughout history just living their lives. We see riot police. We have Frederick Douglass here guiding us. Trayvon Martin in the front. We have a conquistador. We see people enslaved. We see bodies always in motion, bodies oftentimes being subjected to the whims of others. And we have references to popular culture, too. And this is her humor, too, that she's bringing along all references. Mm -hmm. That she doesn't exclude one in favor of the other. Exactly. Popular culture is part of the culture, and we can't separate it as this different thing when it influences us. And quite frankly, it rises out of the more highbrow, for lack of a better word, culture that people consume. I can see the figure who's clearly meant to be James Brown mid-performance with a microphone rocking the whole crowd and people seem to be dancing and swaying. But look closer and that sense of lightness, that sense, if you like, of fun vaporises at once because you find scenes of rape, of masturbation. This is a degraded scene And it's all about something which I don't feel qualified to talk about. In many ways, she has managed in a series of figures to depict the whole of African-American history on one canvas. And that's a pretty incredible thing to do. There are no words. It's simply images. And yet, in looking at it, you understand what an entire people has been through. Yeah. We go to the Civil War... We have the symbol of the three men. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think there are multiple narratives, but the whole narrative is just this sort of push and pull toward and away from freedom. And you can see that in a lot of the choices that she's made in terms of the figures that she represents across the canvas. But let's walk to the top, because I knew she always uses language, Mm -hmm. not only on her titles, but sometimes she puts it in the work. And when I saw that there was a speech bubble, and this little bird guy coming out, and he says, obviously, we are contemporary references. (laughs) (laughs) I love that kind of wit, where she sort of recognizes and acknowledges that this is not something static. There's an exuberance to this which feels completely inappropriate given the subject matter. And fascinatingly, actually, when she first emerged as an artist in the 90s, an older generation looked at her work, which touch on and describe and articulate the African-American experience, story, history. And there were a lot of people, and some of them black artists, older generation, who felt that she was not presenting black people in a positive light at all because... One of the things about her work is it is sexually explicit. And they felt that it was shock tactics. It was something that could only further degrade the view of black people as perceived in America. But that's not what's going on here at all. This is not a racist work of art. It's a work about racism, which is laying bare, making plain the most terrible history of racism as it has afflicted America and continues to do so today. Kara always prioritizes black bodies, and she does quite a lot of work 
highlighting the ways in which black women in particular are objectified and demeaned, and that's incredibly important. You know, I think she prioritizes black women and demonstrates a lot of the ways in which black women have been objectified and demeaned, and I think that's incredibly important because so few people prioritize black women, and that encourages me and reminds me of the importance of doing so in my own work. When I went to school in Chicago, she had her first solo show at the Renaissance Society, and at that time I was, I don't know, 20, 19, something like this. First time I saw her work, and for me it was really, finally someone was speaking to my issues. I could immediately say she understood what goes on in the body of a woman of color, what goes on in our daily experiences, and how we pick up a book and read and look for ourselves and sometimes can't find ourselves Mm -hmm. in any of the literature or in the museums when we go, or where is our story? Absolutely. So this was the immediate appeal, and ever since I've been devoted to following her work and Mm -hmm. trying to understand it. Yeah, I think anything that inspires that sense of recognition, that sense that someone understands something of what your body knows, it's incredible and you don't forget it. It's quite a portrait, and what's really interesting is that there's all this white space so that you're really forced to take each image in isolation before you can take them as a whole. I mean, you can look at it as a whole, but I think it's incredibly overwhelming to do so in the same way that it's overwhelming to understand history as a whole, and so you have to look at it just one section at a time and then even breaking down those sections and looking at the individual images because the individual images tell a story as much as the whole does. You know what this work of art makes me think of? It makes me think of particular type of 16th century painting by the old master Bruegel where he would create these compositions teeming with figures and incident and detail and they have a rather wonderful name. They're known as Wimmerbilder which means busy pictures and this is a contemporary version of one of those 16th century Bruegel-esque busy pictures. It's full of figures and although they appear to be related in this great heaving, writhing mass, it's actually lots of separate little incidents from across time, across places, in which small pockets of people, twos and threes, are interacting. The images are larger towards us, mm-hmm. so she creates this perspective by having the smaller images towards the top. It's a triangular composition, which is very classic from the Renaissance on. And, you know, oftentimes black artists don't get credit for historicity. Like, you can see that she's putting a contemporary twist on a really classical move in painting. Yeah, I would say the artists are fanatic about knowing their own history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Kara is definitely immensely versed, and this is not a done deal. It's an ongoing learning. Mm -hmm. I think every choice that has been made on this canvas is deliberate. There is this pyramid-like composition to the whole work, leading your eye further away, ever upwards, to the very top, where there's a branch a couple of trapeze artists, and in between them, at the apex, the tip of the composition, a black man hanging by the neck. Strange fruit, as the Billie Holiday song goes. Southern trees bear a strange fruit. Overwhelmed. 
blood on the leaves and blood at the overwhelmed because of the scope black bodies swinging in the southern and also many of the images are difficult strange fruit hanging from the poplar tree they're painful and they're supposed to be and i think it's important that you don't look away that you sit in that discomfort there's a lot of i think productive work that happens in these uncomfortable spaces where we're forced to confront history this doesn't make me feel angry. I think that would be too facile. This does more than that. Bulging eyes and the twisted mouth. Anger is reactive, and I think art doesn't ask you to just react. It asks you to move towards something different. And what I've always appreciated about Kara's work is that she lures you in with one image and then say, it's okay, we're going to now go through some difficult truths. Mm-hmm. But stay here, because the longer you stay, the better you will understand. Well, that's the great thing about art. You don't need any of that background. You bring your own life to the painting. That's all that really matters. You don't need to be able to speak to Renaissance triangles to appreciate it. And quite frankly, art teaches. If you know nothing of African-American history, you can actually look at this collage and get a clear sense of at least some of what has happened. I'm Alistair Souk, and you've been listening to The Way I See It from BBC Radio 3 and the Museum of Modern Art in New York. To hear more episodes, just search for The Way I See It on BBC Sounds.